Joined by Mayor of the Region, Mr. Matthew Dickerson. Dream Festival kicked off, what is it, their 10th year now? Yeah, hello. It is a really exciting time, Dream Festival. I was on council way back when Dream was dreamed up, excuse the very bad pun, <laughs> and that was a process that Peter Bartley, who was a councillor at the time, wanted to create some sort of festival, and he did talk about rivalling Tamworth Country Music or the Elvis Festival or Splendour in the Grass, some of these huge festivals we have around Australia. Obviously, it takes time to build up to that process, but what they came up with was Dream, which is a celebration of entertainment, arts, music, a bit of something for everyone. And over the years, it has evolved to different things, which is great. That's what festivals can do. They can evolve and they can change. But this year, we've got a few pretty exciting things happening. 16th of October, we've got Zoo Acoustic out at the zoo, and I remember going to some of those concerts out there at the zoo in the early days. What a great environment, what a great setting to have a concert out there. 21st of October, we've got Fong Lee's Lane down in Wellington. That's new thing that's been added because obviously Wellington's now part of Dubbo, yeah. so that means yeah. that we can have some things down in Wellington as well. <laughs> and then the Lantern Parade, that's the thing that everyone seems to flock to. Yeah. 20,000 people have been to the Lantern Parade before. 22nd of October, definitely keep that day free for the Lantern Parade. Plenty of different things happening and uh, we'll definitely keep people across what's going on throughout the Dream Festival. Uh, now, let's talk about the riverbank. We've had a fair bit of excessive flooding on again, off again, on again, off again, and uh, we're seeing some erosion issues down uh, by the river, which is affecting, uh, you know, parts of the track down there. Just north of the Tamworth Street Bridge there, there's a, an area as the river goes around the corner, turns to the left, there's a chunk, probably about a metre and a half of the riverbank that's actually collapsed into the river. Now, that's getting a bit too close to Tracker Riley Cycleway. In fact, there was a power pole that was right there that Essential Energy responded to very quickly and came and removed that power pole and put another one in across the path. So that area just there and then an area a bit closer to Sandy Beach, we've both put some bunting around those two areas there just to keep people away from the path. The path hasn't been impacted yet. There's still a couple of metres from the path to the riverbank, but we're a bit worried with so much water flowing down the river, more water being let out of the dam. Just a bit concerned that maybe some more of that riverbank might pour away and obviously we don't want people out on the path enjoying their afternoon, walking the dog, going for a ride and suddenly they're in the river. So we just <laughs> yeah. ask people to look at that bunting and just go around that bunting net and we've got to do some serious investigation into that riverbank and see what we can do to secure that riverbank in those two sections and probably a few other sections along the river as well. That'll be the story of my life. The first time I hop on rollerblades probably in 15 years and I can't remember how to stop <laughs> and I'd be ended up in, in the river. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't do that, please. Don't do that. The, the likelihood of me getting on rollerblades is pretty low, so I, I don't think you have to worry about that. Uh, the likelihood of me catching a plane to Ballina, though, pretty high. I might throw that in there. Well, the likelihood now is much better because... Dubota Ballina flights are back. Yeah. We did have them for a little while, and obviously this little pandemic came along and had a bit of an impact on air travel. I'm not sure if you've heard of it at all, but yeah. that's something that, that really had an impact there. And they were pretty good flight. Pelican were flying that route still, and they actually kind of got through the pandemic, but it got to the stage earlier this year where they just said, look, it's just not viable. We're just not getting the numbers on there. So they just took a pause on it for a little while, but thank goodness they're back and in September this year you'll be able to fly to Ballina again direct flights to Ballina so it was pretty good when it was happening before we had about 5,000 passengers use that service we estimate that it injected about 3.8 million dollars into our economy which is interesting because most people said to me oh yeah great go to Ballina I'll be able to duck off to Ballina have a long weekend up there enjoy the beach you know what a great spot to go to but people in Ballina said oh great we can get down and visit the zoo we can go to the Eldama jail we can get away for a weekend 
into Dubbo. So we actually found it was pretty good for our economy. So that's back up and running, $179 for a one-way fare. And let's face it, the price of petrol these days, yes. if you jump in your car and drive to Ballina, you wouldn't get a lot of change for $179. Yeah. And uh, they've got, again, just starting off with a couple of flights a week, two return flights each week at the moment. But if people use it and take advantage of it, then I think we'll see more flights open up again. So it's pretty good from Dubbo now. You can fly to a lot of places, Ballina, Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne, Broken Hill, Walgett, Lightning Ridge. Yeah. So a whole range of places that you can fly to from Dubbo. It's a pretty good airport now. I'll be uh, using the Ballina service for sure. Mayor Matthew Dickinson, thank you so much for your time this morning and uh, we'll catch up with you again next time. Thanks, Alan. Always my pleasure. The local MP Dougal Saunders joining me on. Uh, Dougal, I hear you uh, launched the Dream Festival last week. Yeah, my word. It was uh, it was a fantastic launch, actually, too. We had some, some pizzazz, a bit of action happening. One of the, the local dance companies, Arana Dance, came along and, and got things pumping along at the Cultural Centre because this is the first time in a couple of years we've been able to hold the Dream Festival yeah. again. So it's actually the 10th official Dream Festival, and it'll be all things that um, that we know works really well in, in Dubbo and the region, and that's around music and entertainment and light. The focus this year is on uh, illumination, so it's man-made, but also um, specifically focusing on those special lighting arrangements. And we've mm-hmm. seen it before with the laser light show, but um, that'll be a big feature. And the Latin Parade, obviously, is one of the highlights of the, the Dream Festival. So creating, celebrating, illuminating, all part of the, the message for Dream this year, and a big chance to see lots of different events and be involved in lots of different things for all age groups, that's the other thing that's so good about it. Let's talk about St John's Junior Rugby League celebrating 50 years of the club. The history is pretty unique in a, in a way. I mean, you think about 50 years in the scheme of things, it's not that long, mm. but for Dubbo, um, that's, a, that's a pretty impressive, um, I guess, record for the club, which formed on the 26th of February 1972 when the first committee got together and they actually had the minutes there from that uh, original meeting. And there's only a couple of people still around from that time, um, and it was a really a pretty emotional evening, actually. The, mm. the games that were played Saturday afternoon, a few people got pretty emotional up at uh, Apex Oval at the fields there, and then Saturday night was the big black tie event. Uh, but a really nice commemoration and celebration of uh, of the people that have been there over the past 50 years and some of the former presidents and, and current president. And it's just a, it's a good feeling. They've got, um, I think it's 584 registered players now at um, wow. St John's Junior Rugby League. And that includes 160 uh, or so young girls who are playing league tag. So it's a club that started off with about 50 or 60 players and it's, it's grown over the years to be a, a really impressive club that does a lot of work for the community and has some really um, big plans as far as keeping on developing uh, and supporting young people in, in the Dubbo region. So a fantastic night. Well, Thunderwall involved. Time to put on your Minister for Agriculture hat. What's going on with uh, Varroa mite at the moment? Where are we at with that? Because I've heard it's spread. It's continuing to spread. Well, look, it has only within the, the main um, sort of eradication areas is the good news. So all of those those red zones near Newcastle, La Valley, Port Stephens, they're the areas that are, that are growing as far as increased numbers of detections, but that's what we expect. So that that's okay. Um, we've intensified surveillance there now, and, and that means we will find more. But over the weekend, we issued a new order so that when things start to warm up, registered beekeepers... Um, uh, pest controllers are able to collect and then euthanise feral swarms. Yeah. So, you know, as, as we hit spring, often um, bees are looking to swarm. The, the queen will leave a hive, um, they'll head off and do their own thing, and then they, they end up in people's 
garages or walls or in trees. Yeah. And um, what we're saying now is in those eradication zones, particularly, we're enabling beekeepers and pest controllers to pick up the swarms and then euthanise the swarms because they know how to do that. So that's been made officially um, a, a new order through the the, um, the protocols over the weekend. And that just means we can hopefully keep a, a lid on things in that feral um, feral population and, and keep moving forward. And look, there is some positive news. Pollination underway. We've got um, a number of beekeepers already down at the almond pollination sites and that will grow over the next couple of weeks. And next Monday, um, just a heads up on the 22nd, a big biosecurity conference happening in Dubbo that I'm hosting. We've got uh, around about 100 people from all over the state and, and other states as well coming to talk about the need for increased biosecurity and some yeah. of the things we're focusing on. Oh, very much looking forward to that and um, and thanks for the heads up about it. I'm sure we'll cover that off again next Monday when we catch up. Dougal Saunders. Good man. Talk to you then. Trevor Long from EFTM.com live on the phone right now, mate. You made it back uh, from your big New York trip last week. Yeah, it was good. Uh, long week and uh, got longer when we missed our flight, but that's okay. Life <laughs> goes on at home now. <laughs> Do they release anything else new, or you were there just for the flo- the, the foldy fo- phones? We were pretty spot on. Uh, two new folding phones, two new smartwatches, and a set of headphones. The smartwatch is actually quite nice. The Galaxy Watch 5 Pro mm. is something very different. It's kind of aimed more at the kind of outdoorsy types, so the bushwalkers, trekkers, those kind of people. Yeah. GPS built in so that if you go for a wander... You know, at Bush, you can you can actually use the watch to track backwards to where you came from. Not bad. Just in case and they, you get they're lost. able to keep the price of those smartphones at the same price as last year. So foldable and flip shut smartphones are definitely a thing. Samsung reckons they uh, they could be the biggest thing they sell in the years ahead. Watched a horror movie the other day, and the whole concept of the movie was because the guy thought he knew where he was going in the woods and he got lost. It wouldn't happen if you had this phone. Oh come on, mate! Get get the get the phone and the watch. You'll be able to track back. No dramas yeah. at all. No horror movies allowed ever exist ever again hey uh, i have this very very old school mac laptop that my sister had when she was in school it's got to be 30 years old i reckon it's first generation mac when they came to australia oh i want to see it my friend uh, send me a photo at the very least but yeah 40 years old apple is in australia so uh, i can remember there being you know apple computers at school and yeah. you know the mac there was some you know, some great computers over the years. It's really only the last decade or so that they've been as dominant a company as, as we know them today. But a fascinating one. You know, they're, they're a very um, uh, globally aware company, good global citizens doing their best for the environment and all that uh, mm. where, where they can. They've made a commitment, get this, that by 2030, every Apple product, the usage of them will be uh, carbon offset by Apple. So mm. if you buy an iPhone, and you're using it for, you know, charging it at night and using it the next day, but you don't have solar panels or anything like that, Apple is actually buying enough green energy to offset your usage. Wow. I find that, I find that a staggering commitment in a world of uh, green credentials. Apple's yes. doing very well. Yeah, very, very impressive, none the least. And uh, sport lovers, let's talk people on KO. They are going nuts for KO. KO, the streaming service, has now has 1.3 million subscribers, up about 200,000 on the year earlier. And what's fascinating to me is if you look at Foxtel's numbers, they've got 1.4 odd million. Mm. So there'd be as many people, if not more, watching sport on KO wow. than there are on Foxtel. It's a real shift for the company, uh, Foxtel, uh, you know, moving towards streaming. And, and it's because people love the idea of watching things whenever they want. Yeah. Even though I'll always watch the Formula One live, 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 some people just want to watch it the next morning or the next afternoon. Yeah. And that's why I think these kind of sports um, streaming services are so popular. Trevor Long from EFTM.com. You're a legend. I know you're a busy man, so I'll let you get back to your life. But uh, thanks so much for your time this morning, and we'll catch up again next week.
Cheers, buddy. Talk to you then. Time to catch up with Stephen Gow for Gow Carpet Cleaning and Restoration. He's actually out and about on the roads at the moment. We'll get to that, uh, why he's out and about and what he's doing uh, very, very shortly. But first, we've got to talk about local footy over the weekend. Uh, the two Sims teams together, Dubbo absolutely flogging. Dubbo Sims, 36, defeated Orange Sims, 14, in a quite dominant display at, at Apex Oval. And they march on now, and they're undefeated so far in this Peter McDonald Group 11 Cup. But it wasn't uh, to be for Dubbo Macquarie. They went down... 34 points to, to uh, 26, the Bathurst, and so it's all over. They're out. They're out. I hear I hear it was a pretty close game in the Blouse Cup. Yeah, absolutely. At Victoria Park, number one, uh, Ruse, they were quite been dominated by Forbes over there just recently, but they sort of came back and, and uh, with a tight game, 33 points to 31, and, you know, they, they got the win. They, got, they cemented themselves into the semifinals, but we'll see how far they go with it on that. How did uh, Mudgee go up against our Rhinos in New Holland Cup? Yeah, absolutely dictated the uh, the scoreline there. 31 points to 9 over Rhinos and, you know, Rhinos went there quite buoyant that they, they might have been able to knock off uh, Mudgee, but that wasn't going to... Uh, Mudgee had something to say about that and that didn't happen and, and uh, so Mudgee move on now. Rhinos have got a you know, number week and see if they are still going to be alive in the competition so yeah. we'll see what happens after this weekend. So hopefully they can revive themselves and uh, Oil's Plus didn't see this result coming. Yeah, I said this on Friday that this probably could happen and then it did actually. Uh, Blaney they went down to Coonabarabra and Kookaburras, 15 points to 5, so it's all over for last year's Premiers. Yeah. And the Kookaburras, uh, they'll play Marlong this weekend in the grand final. Big upset, you would probably call it, but uh, Kuna, they're you know, coming good right at the right end of the season. Now, have the Dubbo Demons in the AFL, have they defeated the Orange Tigers at all this season? Yeah, well, they did this one. 11-4-4-80. At, uh, Dubbo Demons defeated Orange Tigers 6 4 40. So... They got the win, and um, yeah, they're running there in third spot. So, well, they didn't. Well, they uh, hadn't beaten Orange before, though, had they? They'd beaten Bathurst, uh, hadn't they? They beat, yeah, they'd beaten the Tigers before. It's the Bush Rangers that they always struggle against. Yeah, okay. Uh, it's uh, it's, um, it's you know, Bush Rangers are one the dominant side in. Well, they thrashed AFL. them here, doubled the score. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly right. It was just about a bra- it was the Bradman score that day. So yeah. there we go, and. Uh, that's a quick whip around of the uh, of the games over the weekend, and then well, I guess we'll catch up with you again on Friday and unpack uh, next weekend's game where some we've got some grand finals in the mix. Got grand finals, major. We've got finals going on. We're right at the, the crux of the season, and uh, it's all over for some teams. Some teams are still alive, and we'll uh, see what unfolds. Stephen Gow from Gow Carpet Cleaning and Restoration. Thank you so much for your time this morning. You're out and about on the roads. What are you raising money for at the moment? Where I'm on actually on Destination Outback, and I'm at, at currently at Menindee Lake at the moment. Uh, we've raised just in different auction items and things like that at the moment, uh, thirty thousand dollars, and the major beneficiaries, Royal Flying Doctors, that's come out of that. But we've give away fifteen thousand along the way. Wow! Uh, to the Pooncary PNC Preschool, it was a five thousand dollar donation the other night. Um, five thousand dollars to the, the Stingrays. Swimming club at Broken Hill. Uh, that was one of the um, ones that got uh, got five grand. They also went to Lifeline. Oh, nice! Uh, by, by Lifeline Broken Hill, it was five thousand dollar donation, which was 
you know, it, that's going to a great cause there. How can well. people donate if they want to jump on board with that? If they want to donate, get on 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 the web, uh, just Google uh, www.destinationoutback.com.au, and you can just find there'll be you, once the website opens up, there'll be you know donate buttons there, or if you want to donate to a car, which is our car, uh, the sweep it is. Yeah, nice. Just, just SW. Double EP, and um, that'll all it all goes into one pool anyway. But uh, you can do it that way. You're a legend. We'll catch up with you on Friday, Steve. Right now, in Triple N Rocks at the Footy. <laughs>